0: Ryan's trademarked matrix stuff. <laughs> Leave all that Shortcuts. in there. Shortcuts. <laughs> you are married, Laura. <laughs> I see the cheater. We're gonna counterpoint <laughs> and not say that word.
1: Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. In today's episode, we take a look at the plantation colony of France. I'm so pumped for this episode. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Bienvenue, commençons. Sont-
0: Ooh. Hey. Oui, oui.
1: <laughs> Je
0: m'appelle Jonathan.
1: That's right. I figure if I'm going to say it every single time, I may as well say it. <laughs> yeah. the... All righty. Uh, there. It is. Yeah. The American version. That's man. right. That's right. Welcome to France's episode.
0: I have been waiting so long. Yeah. I remember
1: you were like texting me like, I'm so excited. I'm ready really to record. Like, Let's, Let's do this. Let's, do this. Let's go. go.
0: I actually have notes. Yeah, so <laughs> you... do I for once. <laughs> yeah, usually where it's like off the cuff. Maybe <laughs> yeah. people at home realize that, John, we've noticed you're up the <laughs>
1: Who knows? Maybe the structure will be helpful to some people's ears. Oh, okay. I don't know. You never know. Many thoughts I have. This is a good one. Yes. This is a big one. What if this one sucks? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the listener's well, like, oh, that wasn't one of their best. <laughs> <laughs> We're <really> Nothing <laughs> ventured, all right? <laughs> We're really
1: building up this episode. I hope I it's know. good. Bring out all the stops. I'm excited for this one. How i expect expecting Targis. Bring those back. Unexpected Targi <laughs> I believed what you meant to say was unexpected, unexpected tigers. tigers. <laughs> anyway France came to us in the conveyance of Branch and Claw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not a base game adversary. This is one of the expansion ones. Mm-hmm. Came all the way by themselves along with Keeper and Fangs. Yes. Which is actually kind of funny because I think those spirits are actually pretty good at taking them down. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and learn about how France is represented in the game, shall yeah, we? we? Let's. There's a pretty cool and informative clarification about France as they are represented in this game. Hmm. The French plantation colony is really a two-fold adversary. Some of its effects are derived from historical France, while others are based off of the Caribbean plantation colonies founded by multiple European powers. Note that this is 1700s France. The policies and practices of later French colonization, such as homeland representation and strong public health infrastructure investment, are absent. King Louis XIV, the longest ruling monarch in Europe, rules France with an iron fist, but requires a constant stream of revenue to finance his wars on the continent. Recently involved in a war against Sweden and the Holy Roman Empire to place his grandson Philip on the Spanish throne, Louis relies on the strength of the French army to hold together a tenuous alliance with Spain and Scotland against the Swedish, Habsburg, and Prussian kingdoms. Prevented from raising money from the aristocracy, and with the peasant population already suffering under some of the highest tax rates in Europe, he has begun setting up plantation colonies and extracting the resources of distant lands for the benefit of the Kingdom of France.
0: Yeah, I felt those
1: plantation colonies <laughs> when we <plant. laughs>
0: I know all that too well. All too well.
1: You know, it's quite funny because during Sweden's episode, I was quick to point out the fact that they had a strong influx of Slavic people. Mm. And the reason why that was quite salient for me was because 50% of my heritage is Yugoslavian. Well, the other fifty percent is French, so ah. here we go. <laughs> my ancestors. Hence, the opening to this episode is flexing right on. on your you right. know, French heritage with my like five French words that I know. <laughs> I'm a disgrace to the family name. I know fromage is cheese. <laughs> Omelette du <de> fromage. There <laughs> you go. What does the book say? Well, let's go ahead and find out. According to the book, this adversary is notably easier for spirits which are good at destroying towns. Huh. Ergo, lightning swift strike. Good mention. I would also like to bring up Heart of the Wildfire because definitely. of the fast, quick, high damage, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Or our ever-present Thunder Speaker, definitely very good, who is a very consistent town popper. However, this adversary is notably harder for spirits which have difficulty destroying buildings. Ergo, bringer of dreams and nightmares. Wait, don't (laughs) spoil our next episode. (laughs) I'm just reading what the book says, man. Don't spoil what the (laughs) poll reveals. I'm just reading the book. (laughs) But yes, the inability to kill stuff (laughs) is kind of important. Specifically talents, but we're going to get into that, don't worry. Okay. We'll get into that. Poor bringer. That's right. Let us now go ahead and discuss what they actually do. Their tactics, yeah. yeah.
0: What's their thing? So,
1: France. Their shtick. Their shtick, yeah. Is one of the only two in the game that starts at difficulty two. I feel it. As we mentioned long ago, Habsburg is the other. Mm. So, you will quickly understand, dear listener, that a lot of France's brawn is manifested right quick. Front-loaded, darn it. for sure, yeah. <laughs> at first, we did Sweden, which is very
0: front-loaded. Yeah. And
1: now, France. <laughs> And is and also friends <laughs> So, they have a base difficulty of two, but let's go ahead and discuss their additional loss condition. In my personal opinion, this is probably the most stress-inducing for me personally. Agreed. They have the perk, Sprawling Plantations. Before setup, return all but seven towns per player to the box. Invaders win if ever you cannot place a town.
0: What's key here is it says before setup. Yeah. So you're taking out the island tiles before anything goes on there, because usually you have your start town or right. something, or right. they add more
1: towns, uh, with the, it's before anything. Right. Those towns count. Oof.
0: Which kind of isn't fair. It's like, I didn't I, know. Even, I didn't put that there. It's <laughs> printed it there, uh, game. <laughs> do you mind? I know. It's like, I haven't even begun to play yet. Right. I'm already so losing.
1: what we do, I would totally advise that you all do this as well, because I found it incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm technically, you're going to do this already because it says return all but seven. Some people just like to count what the number is, but I think it's actually easier to count and keep track if you do actually physically set them aside. I highly recommend that. Some people don't actually set them aside. I recommend that you do because you can see exactly how much you have left. You had like these clear Dixie cups, like small
0: ones, Yep. but it was so nice to see. They were set aside, but also we can visually see through the cups and be like, oh, we have two left or something. Right.
1: And the thing is, this is one of those things where in like a video game where you have to keep something at the 50% mark mm-hmm. There's like a balance beam thing and you can't be too far to the left. You can't be too far to the right. So when you're starting to go high in the percentages, 70, 80%, 90%. That's true. Uh, but on the other one where it's like, no, well, I think that's a I great have analogy. 20%, 10%, cool, that's nice, but you're probably focusing a lot on the towns and you're probably erring elsewhere. It feels if you're focusing that heavily on it.
0: It honestly feels like you're on a balance beam Yeah, and either way right. you can go towards this way right. and you lose or this way right. and you lose
1: and if you sway too hard to killing towns you're not focusing on another problem land or another thing that's yep. going to hit you hard with standard cities or explore damage but if you don't go hard enough on the prevention then you're going to have a lot of towns out there yeah and so being able to physically see how many towns are in that little dixie cup was extremely helpful for us because we like- were like you know what i'm okay with having a town or two go that out this round right. because look how many towns are in the cup. We kind of would like keep a tally after every turn. Yeah. Be like, where were yep. we at
0: before they built?
1: And then there's some turns where it's like, alright, we gotta hit them. Yeah. Alright, let's turn oh, up the heat. Oh, oh, so. boy. I'm going for a major this <laughs> turn. Anyway, so that is a lost condition. Do not have more than seven per player. Thank God it's per player. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> yeah. But still you feel it That quickly. is really pressure inducing, yeah. man.
0: We'll speak on more as we go through France. Mm. They build towns real quick. Yeah. They
1: kind of have a cheat to it. It's really scary when they have a limit Amount of invader pieces that they put out there. Yeah. And trust me, they like to build their towns. <laughs> this is why the Habsburg combo really sucks. Oh yeah. Because you know, the whole build towns place is fast. <laughs>
0: oh. Stage two escalation. This is the counterpart to like that balance beam mm-hmm. that you're talking about. It's called Demand for New Cash Crops. After exploring, on each board, pick a land of the shown terrain. If it has buildings, add a blight. Otherwise, add a town.
1: I actually really like this one. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it, but I have a choice and I love having a choice. But they're like bad and bad. Oh, I know. It's sucky It's either a loss condition sucker, or yeah. a loss condition. It's either the town loss condition oh, or I blight. Feel it. Don't get me wrong, I feel it. They both are awful, but I have a choice. You do have a choice. That's true. Because with Sweden it's like <laughs> <laughs> There goes the Dahan. <laughs> <clears throat> there are some times where, like, honestly, we're good on towns. Sure, let's have another. Or I'm about to do a thing, and I have two extra damage that I was going to do with my attack that's planned. Yeah. And, hey, add a town. You know what? Why not? It's or, like, you know what? We're doing really good on blight. I'm completely clear. I think we can add another.
0: Yeah, or if, like, we're one town away, like, right. we have
1: to add a blade here. No, this choice is a lot Easier, depending on what level of France you're on.
0: That's where we'll get into the it, The difficulty of
1: this choice comes in when they're at fully leveled.
0: Yes. I guess for me, it's upsetting because say I have a clear land. Mm-hmm. We've been doing a good job. We kept this jungle clear. It's amazing. Then all of a sudden they explore. Right. We'll talk about it. They get another explorer. <clears throat> so all of a sudden there's two explorers there. And then with stage 2 escalation, if we don't want a blight, we pick this land with no building. So now mm-hmm. it's got two explorers in a town. Right. That sucks. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. It was a clear.
1: Land 10 seconds ago.
0: So, anyway, they're tough. I like what you're saying. Having choice is helpful.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get into the levels. Yes. Speaking about extra explorers, here they are. Spoiler alert. I ruined it. Sorry. (laughs) At level one, they are at difficulty three. Oof. Okay. Which is pretty high for level one. You have nine fear cards, so your fear deck is unperturbed. It is three across the board. Mm -hmm. They acquire the perk Frontier Explorers. After setup, when invaders successfully explore into a land without buildings, add another explorer. So this is what I was talking about. Mino like this. <laughs> <laughs> so in a land that's clear and they explore there, a second explorer shows up. Yeah. This means that any power that you played in the slow phase that usually is calibrated to just take out a single explorer isn't going to be enough. No. Or if it moves a single explorer, isn't going to be enough. Unfortunately, this happens into any land that meets this criteria yeah this is why wilds tokens or isolation is huge right versus france there are a lot of layered pros and cons to this okay One very big con is the fact that it's not, oh, once per board or something like that. It's on all of them. If all of your lands are cleared, that's twice as many explorers for each of them. Mm -hmm. The pro, though, is that even if you didn't clear your land and there were lingering buildings from last turn hanging around, they don't get that bonus explorer. Because there's a building there. Right. And it is very important that France doesn't have extra explorers. You don't want too many building up in the land. Right. We'll get on to that in a bit but if you can go and pick off explorers or if you can restrict the amount of explorers they get out there yep. that is huge either with isolation huge or just right. picking them off. so if they only explore with a single explorer that is good even a normal explorer like what we would call a normal explorer whoo, yeah it's good and we'll get into why (laughs) so that's level one level two they jump
0: up to five difficulty oh Adding a 10th fear card, 343 three formats. Mm. It is called Slave Labor. During setup, put the Slave Rebellion event under the top three cards of the event deck. Wait, what? Ooh, we'll have to get into that of what that <laughs> does. After the invaders build in a land with two or more explorers, replace all but one explorer with the equal number of towns. Uh, so, uh, there it is. So you have those two explorers. Uh, Instead of just building one town, uh, you build two towns. Uh, what was their lost condition again?
1: Towns? <coughs> towns? <laughs>
0: So well, have, there it is. So you have three explorers <laughs> in a land. There's four towns and one explorer left. <laughs>
1: uh, remember that extra explorer thing we talked about? Yeah, this is why. After invaders build in a land with two or more explorers, replace all the but explorers one. but one with an equal number of towns. Oh, and ex- they still build a yes, town. Yes. <laughs> the extra explorers immediately turn into towns. Yeah. So having extra explorers. Not good. Is Incredibly you bad. Lose. You basically lose because they all turn into towns. Oh yeah. So in that one turn, you're like, oh look at all these two little, little explorers. explorers. I can kill them with like one raging storm, and they're all towns what? next turn. What? Oh oh crap. Wait, I'm down to one town for oh, lost condition. Oh crap. Oh oh, oh crap. Oh. Yeah. Oh frick. World. damage at... literally doubled. Sometimes <laughs> even more, depending on if they built a city or what. We're only whatnot. at their second level of difficulty. I know. He, I have lost <laughs> at level two difficulty against friends. It's no joke. I know. It's hard. I know. And you will feel this next emotion thoroughly over the next hour here. But France, honestly, within the first two to three levels, that's where, honestly, their hardest difficulty comes. You think so? So France is difficulty 10 when fully upgraded. Yes. At level two, they're at five. Wow. Already halfway there. halfway there. At level two. At level two. We still have levels three, four, five, and six to get the other half. (laughs) So, there's a word of encouragement here. If all of you out there have taken on France at level 1, 2, or 3, and you're like, I'm going to play it nice and safe, and I'm just going to do it at, like, level 2 or 3, and you're like, "Oh." This is hard. Don't and feel bad. You think that it's very difficult, and they kicked your teeth in. Don't feel bad. Honestly, take them on at level six. It's nothing different.
0: <laughs> it, <laughs> it really is. On the other side, if you're doing well against level two, France, yeah, yeah, go up to level you're six. For yeah, six. You're ready. Yeah, you're ready.
1: Hey, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Slave Rebellion
0: event card. Oh, this is the only adversary to have its specific event.
1: You know you're dealing with a strong adversary when it's the only one that gets its own private event card to help it stay somewhat balanced. Yeah. <laughs> right. What other adversary <laughs> needs an event card? No, just France. Uh, none of them. Just rant. What does the event do? Okay, Slave Rebellion. Obviously, like we said, you won't use this card if you're not fighting France or if you're not playing events. (laughs) Events. Anyway, so there are two things that will happen with Slave Rebellion. The first one will only happen when the invaders are at stage one or two. Mm -hmm. And the second thing will happen when you are at stage three. Okay. At stage one and two, the thing that happens is called Small Uprising. On each board, add a Strife to a town. After finishing this event card, draw another one, and then return this card to the event deck as per setup. And the setup says you put it back under the top three cards. So what this means is that it comes back back again. Mm-hmm. It will happen multiple times in your game. This is actually really nice oh, because you can is good. prepare for I it. Love strike. Being able to know when an event card is going to happen and more importantly than that, which specific event card is coming mm-hmm. is very rare in this game. You can get it with this and you can get it with Fractured Days. Or when Laura's on the board. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: when
1: Laura wants to play uh, game.
0: Yeah. Well, it is like on turn four, say you do have a town that yeah. you don't have defense for right if you know and you yeah, remember it'd be like yeah. we're gonna add a strife to that right
1: town. so that's actually really nice and adding a strife to a town always good yeah. towns are the middle bad guy middle as far as middleweight lightweight or explorers they don't hurt you so bad mm-hmm. so strifing them is always like eh like I usually only strife and explore if I absolutely have to right or it's Russia. up <laughs> Towns are a medium-weight bad guy. Always good to do a town. But for me personally, I always prefer to strike the city. Like, Obviously, because that's the highest damage sure, bad guy. But
0: with France, it feels like their towns are their like right. highest damage. Right.
1: Or at least the ones you're focused on the most. Right. Or a Habsburg town, yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so that is what Small Uprising does at stages one or two. But it really gets fun Stage three. at stage three. It is called Rebellion. And it says, on each board, destroy a town. Whoa. That's always really nice. Just I'm cool. I'm glad it says destroy, not remove. I'm glad it says destroy. You get fear for that. Because that's a fear. <laughs> then, add a strife to any two buildings. Oh. Oh, I love this. I love that. Because it said on each board, it didn't say eh, any. the same land or whatever. Just any two buildings. Any two. Love it. Then, every invader takes one damage per strife it has. Green Trickster is like losing its mind <laughs> I'm <right. Spoilers! laughs> oh, sorry. That's the next episode. <laughs> After finishing this event card, draw another one. This card gets discarded. Ooh. Bye-bye. So, Rebellion is dope. You destroy a town straight up. Then you add two Strife to any two buildings on your board. Then, the people that you just strife take one damage per Strife it has. So that means if you add Strife from another thing, you can stack it, which is fantastic. Obviously, any Strife card versus France has more potency. Mm -hmm. So, look out for Strife cards, because if you have France at least at level two, and you have Slave Rebellion in there, you can go ahead and remember that Strife is going to be useful because of Slave Rebellion, and you can go ahead and keep those strife cards that you find terror turns to madness call back from one of our yeah. earlier episodes you yep. really liked that that card. card would be fantastic and that changes with each terror level yep and yep. that'd be cool yep Anyway, and just like before, after finishing this event card, you draw another one. But unfortunately, after the rebellion, it's discarded and you lose mm. it, which is ah, too bad. One time in stage three. that's okay because it's kind of cool. The small uprising, small uprising, small uprising, small uprising happens throughout the game potentially over and over and over again. You're building, you're building, mm-hmm. you're building. The slaves are all in their plantations and they're getting more strife, getting more strife, they're getting more unrest, more unrest. And eventually there's one big rebellion. They're, yeah, fighting yeah, back because fight the last back, part of right. this event is huge. Then at the very end you have aid the uprising it's a dahan event and it says invaders with strife take one damage per dahan present Huge. Add one Dahan per building this destroys. Oh, love it. In stage three, they're already taking damage, mm-hmm. and then if there's a Dahan
0: there, you can like take out a city.
1: Oh I know. It's so great. Yeah. The thing that's so cool though is thematically you are getting Dahan per building this destroys. You're liberating mm. the people that were inside those plantation colonies. I love that thematic edge. And they're fighting for Team Good Guy. It's so broken great. free. Yeah. They have broken free. And it is dope. Absolutely. Dope. love Slave Rebellion. Is this the only event you like? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, it's a great event. It helps us. It's really great. But, the book has something to say about oh. this card. Okay. Thematic Rebellion. The predictability of the Slave Rebellion event makes for a more balanced game. If you prefer a more thematic uncertainty, shuffle the Slave Rebellion card into the top two cards. Then, move the bottom two cards of the event tech to the top. Uh, what this means is in the top two, you don't know which of those sure. two it's shuffled in with. You don't know if it was the third or fourth. Okay. So if you don't do this, then you can unequivocally know when it's happening. You know, oh, it's the fourth, guaranteed. Here though, you don't know if it's the third or the fourth. That makes it more difficult in France. Yep. It's already hard. But it's a fun little choice. Yeah. There is a very interesting thing though that can happen with this slave rebellion card when you're going up against France. You know, in the game of Spirit Island, one of the things that the player has to ask themselves is do I want to play with events? Yes or no? Some people say yes. Some people say no. So the thing is, is the people that say no have an awkward position that they are placed in. For if you are someone who usually plays with events, you put this event card in there and it just acts like normal. You're kind of used to it, yeah. You're accustomed to it. You're fine. What if you're someone who doesn't play with events? Play with
0: Beast Command.
1: Yet you see how integrated Slave Rebellion is to the event deck And France's balance here mm. So Can you play against France Without using the event deck? Do you just like Draw it on the fourth turn? Well Luckily for you We have the answer oh, for okay, you okay Because I don't know <laughs> <laughs> To anyone who wonders Yes Yes you can You just need to track the time To make the slave rebellion event Come up at the appropriate time On turns 4 and 8 And in the unusual circumstance Turn 12 Either by using the event deck But only as like a timer Or by Some other means of recording the time. Okay. Since the slave rebellion is normally in addition to another event, there is no balance concerns. If you want to duplicate the thematic rebellion rules that I just read a few minutes ago, make the slave rebellion happen on turns three, four, or five. Roll a six-sided die on turn three. On a one or two, it happens then. If it doesn't, roll the die on turn four. It happens on a one, two, or three. And if it hasn't happened yet, it will happen automatically on turn five. Okay. So to anyone who was cool. curious about how that worked out, there you go.
0: I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. We do have people that play without events, yeah. so I think that's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to him.
1: Hey, to be fair, though, every game I play with you is a game that has events in it. So. And you don't shuffle the deck. Nope. <laughs> so we always get farmers. Here's looking at you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Smooches. Like I said, that's like my one saving grace. <laughs> I always He's good farmers. Yeah. <laughs> That's a farmer's thing. But unlike, oh, so many of you, I take on the event deck unedited. That's true. Most of you don't even do that. Take out so. Strange Madness. <laughs> take out Outpaste. Yep. Nope, it's all or nothing, baby. No. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's go ahead and look at level three. Which, okay. by the way, look how much complexity, look how much depth, look how much intricacy has happened. Oh, we're only at level, <laughs> two. level two. That's oh, what I'm saying. What the heck? It's all in the front with them. <laughs> okay. At level 3, they go to difficulty 7. Once again, Oof. the difficulty spikes by 2. It went from 3 to 5, and now 5 to 7. Yeah. Yikes, man, it is just escalating fast. They get another fear card, so now the fear deck has 11 cards. Oof. Four, four, three. So, your fight at this level will be in the early and mid game. They acquire the perk Early Plantations During setup On each board Add one town To the highest numbered land Without a town Then Add a town To land number one Hey cool Two more towns What two more towns (laughs) Too bad this says during setup and the sprawling plantations triggered before setup. Oh, hey, look. Two more towns. I'm just keeping track. So the island starts with one town. Then we add
0: a town. Then we add another town. So if you're playing solo, you only have four towns to work with. Yeah. That's three
1: that you start with
0: per board. Uh,
1: Yeah, you're approaching 50% already. You haven't even started. Like when you're doing the additional loss condition, you're like, okay, seven. I can work with seven. Right. Nope, starting with four. Yep. So now we have three out of four per player already. But at least it's a setup thing and I don't have to remember it from turn to turn. We do like those
0: rules. Yep. For level 4, they only go up 1. Yes, just Thankfully, to, it, for the rest of these levels just the one. difficulty is just by 1. Like we said, it's all on the front half. Mm-hmm. So it goes up to 8. Mm-hmm. Now we have 12 hero cards and even 444. Four, four. That's fair. This perk is called Triangle Trade. Whenever invaders build a coastal city, huh? Add a town.
1: Oh, come on. Do <laughs> an adjacent land with a few of towns. On. Just keep adding towns. Stop it. <laughs> this
0: didn't come up a lot for us. No, it,
1: honestly, it didn't. And um, we'll get into
0: why. We'll and go how, into our game. But uh, this one just
1: stinks. We don't really need to tell you why this one is bad. It's more towns. They're spamming towns. We don't want towns. So you're
0: like, maybe I don't have to worry about cities in this game. I've seen folks. No, it, uh, especially if it's on the coast, uh, you need to worry about yeah. never letting a city right, build because right. it just spouts. Remember how
1: Habsburg was like, it's all about the towns and cities. It's like, eh, here, well, you kind of can't do that. Eh." (laughs) (laughs) You really can't ever have something that's like really nice for you. No reprieve. Yeah, there's not very many reprieves. No. Moving on to level five. Once again, their difficulty increases by one to nine. They acquire another fear card, and it's in the middle at terror two. Mm. So it is four, five, four. Oh, I hate this one. (laughs) Slow healing ecosystem. When you remove blight from the board, put it onto this adversary card instead of the blight card. As soon as you have three Blight per player on the adversary card here, then you can move it all back to the Blight card. So here is their other uh, niche thing that makes France. This, this is, like is the, the thing. other anxiety-inducing, pressuring, mind-crippling <laughs> thing that I hate. This is why that stage 2 escalation
0: choice is becoming uh, less appealing. Yes. Because if you add Blight, uh, it's harder to get it
1: back to the card. So, slow healing ecosystem means that after they Blight, and after you heal it, which sometimes you don't even heal a blight. Sometimes you just, okay, I accept it. Yeah. So even if you do go out of your way to heal a blight and you did spend a card play, it doesn't go back to on the card. Getting rid of a blight. It doesn't go back to the card. It can, but three per player. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard. That's hard. Most of the time, depending on who you're playing with, this means that you are guaranteed to blight, to blight the island. Because even if you are doing good enough of a job to heal the Blight. If it wasn't early enough, then it's going to take a while to stack three per player Especially if
0: stage 2 Escalation is oh. forcing you to add a Blight. Oh. Say so you don't have a choice, you only have
1: buildings in the Shown Land. You're Blighting. You know, isn't it too bad that the Blight cards have two per player when you put it on there with <laughs> Blight cards? <laughs> well, <laughs> errata, we get one extra. A... And Blight on the Island. It's yeah. a difficult slow dance. slow healing ecosystem is pretty much only ever fine when you don't play with a blight card. If you play with a blight card, you're probably going to play. You're probably screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on how you're handling France. So this means that your margin of error is way smaller. Well, we already have the towns thing that's stacking Uh, up. And now, yeah, we're going to lose to blight or uh, to towns. It's almost like a guarantee. Right. Yeah. Your room for mistakes gets a lot because now you have a significantly more consistent possibility for that blight card flipping. I want to say this, out of all the lost conditions, yeah. I
0: feel this one the most.
1: Seriously, this counts in my head as an additional lost condition. England, I can see if things are going to be like more sure. than seven buildings sure. in a land. You right. can kind of be like, okay guys, right. let's focus on this. But sprawling plantations paired with slow healing ecosystem for me is just the most wow. Exciting anxiety inducing i know we've said that what before, a one-two punch it's from a an one two punch. Yeah. yeah if they have more than seven towns per player you lose but also healing blight is pretty much unaffected yeah uh, unless it's our game well, unless we'll it's it. our game yeah. we'll get into that okay okay there's still hope there's still hope level six and Rio. here we are
0: at the 10 difficulty we mm-hmm. all know 14 fear cards this time four five Five.
1: Interesting. Your fight will be in the mid to late game. Oh, A lot of adversaries have their fewest fear cards at the end, which means after you slog through the early and mid game, you can at Maybe you can win, yeah. yeah. Get a fear victory. Here, though, it's slanted in the opposite way. I
0: don't know if you're getting a fear victory
1: against them. It'd be difficult.
0: Anyway, this perk is called Persistent Explorers. After resolving an Explore card, on each board, add one explorer to land without any. Fear card effects never remove Explorers. If one would, you may... (laughs) Instead, push that explorer. So, here's one
1: you can slip through the cracks. It doesn't say anything about event cards. That's right. Of these two effects, the former is significantly worse than the latter. So, the bad part is, on each board, add an explorer to a land without any after resolving an explorer card. Oh, look! More explorers! One trick that we would do in our game, you would clear out a land so it wouldn't
0: build, Mm -hmm. and it would be empty. And then we would have to add one, so you would add that one explorer to that then empty land, and then the Han there would just kill it off. So, anyway, there was like. Like one trick we were doing we were
1: just trying to add it to like if a land was clear and it was about to rampage, you have to get smart with you have where they going yep and, and don't forget the escalation effect because sometimes you will choose to add a town so that when an explorer goes in there it doesn't have that's true an extra one from the level two because you choices have choices here I know you do have a lot of choices of like what to do yeah. where to place people they all suck but you get choices because you can pick where that explorer goes you uh, do then, have some control yeah. you do have some agency with this adversary Absolutely. that last latter part actually ain't so bad fear cards can never remove explorers getting finicky here and never said i couldn't destroy them and <laughs> we had a lot of events that would yeah. uh, take them away with that like a beast honestly or wasn't so bad the biggest punch that hits you here at level six is after resolving an explorer card add another explorer to a land without any that's the big one yeah the fear cards not removing explorers and eh, it's fine because if you would you can instead push them yeah it's not the worst i don't even think it ever Happen on ours i don't think we right, had fear any card. fear cards right. that actually dealt with right. explorers and it's so. entirely possible even with 14 fear cards that that might not ever even happen yeah seriously it can it certainly can it is up to healthy statistical chance that it will but we still, just didn't run into it yeah for us i don't think it ever happened no but that is France, the that plantation
0: is colony. That's right. There they are. Things that stand out to me about France, having just played them recently uh-huh. in our game, they hit you quick. Mm-hmm. They just come out the gates fast. And like we said, there's already a bunch of towns starting on the islands. Right. And then I feel like we kind of get stronger. The mid right. game wasn't too bad. The spirits are getting strong. We have a handle. But then there's like that tug of war where in the stage three, when they're mm-hmm. exploring to two different types of lands, mm-hmm. that's like what, four explorers is right. going out? And then, I don't want to spoil it, but we had 20 explorers on our board right near the end of the game. Right, on the final turn. In the final turn. So it's like... <laughs> they Do or die, baby! They, they throw out a couple quick punches. Maybe you can recover.
1: Maybe you lose early. Right. You can recover. But if you don't finish them off quick, right. you might lose fast. So now that we've gone and looked at each of their levels, I feel as if every adversary, to some regard, has this. And that is extreme misfortune, depending on which cards showed up yeah. in the very first stage one. And here, triangle trade and early plantations has a really nasty potential bad thing that can of course, happen. Yeah. So their level three ability, early plantations, was the one that said add a town to land number one. Hey, John, what was land number one? A coast. That's a coastal land. Triangle Trade says whenever invaders build a coastal city, add a town to an adjacent land with the fewest towns. If you're really unlucky and land number one gets Builds. built on very early, that could really Honestly, hit you hard. It could be like an
0: insta-loss.
1: So when you say that they can come out of the gate really fast, I 100% agree. Like turn
0: two or three, you could have oh. already lost.
1: Oh, that sucked. Oh, hey, and on the thematic board, that actually might happen. Oh, yeah, you might just lose. (laughs) Because there's a lot more peeps on the thematic board. Here's a hot take. Talk this out with me. Okay.
0: So we played Brandenburg, Prussia, Mm -hmm. and we talked about how fast they are. They have eight turns because they take away so many cards in the invader deck. I also think France basically only has eight turns. I feel it. if you don't beat them before they're building in two different types of lands yeah. all of those explorers they are sending out mm-hmm. I think by turn 9 and the stage 3 invader mm-hmm. I think you lost honestly
1: it's not as it's not structured like structured as Brandenburg Prussia's is where they literally lose cuz right and they turns. have their gameplay portioned out and it's easy to track but the timer is about the same but here's like it. right here you don't see the timer <laughs> But you feel you it! feel it! Oh, you
0: feel it! Because I don't want all those explorers building mm-hmm. in two different types of
1: lands. I hated it when Coastal land showed up. You will quickly, quickly know if things are getting out of hand. France will be kind enough to let you know that they have the advantage <laughs> if they have it. Because you're going to be like, why Because you are lost. There eight towns <laughs> yeah. on my board. <laughs> Wait, I lost. <laughs> I had two a turn ago. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and talk about our game. Yes! Oh, it was so yes. good! Oh, this was one of the best games we've ever had. Like, period. Honestly, this was one of the most satisfying. And honestly, this felt so good because... This we ranked have, them over the coals. This dude. might have been <laughs> one of our longest games. Maybe. Maybe. Not
0: in a bad way. I feel like our decision-making... Yeah, in the, and conversations. In yeah. conversations, during the growth yeah. phase, or even like in between mm. fast and slow phase, yeah. we were just
1: like, we need to figure this out. Right. Or they're building everywhere. Oh, oh dude, This was a dominant game. So who were we, John? Because we were an unlikely
0: pair. I am going to have to break down foreboding during this episode. Spoilers! (laughs) Oh, I played
1: foreboding shadows. And I played sharp fangs. And y'all, this honestly, for me, it was easily the best fangs game i have ever had in my entire life so this and from what i can tell yeah. this was foreboding shadows best performance i have oh, ever thanks, seen buddy. thanks buddy oh my gosh we destroyed them it was <laughs> great uh, i cannot tell you how many times you're like okay we do this we do this which thwarts that we do this we do this which stops that we do this we do this which stops that and uh Next turn? Uh, yeah. We're doing okay. I think next turn, and it felt like a normal adversary. Don't get us wrong, we got down to like two or three towers. Yeah, a no, couple it, wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> We completely... were blighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not 100% calm. No. But my point being was, for difficulty 10, this felt great. Oh, You had said, compared to Sweden,
0: this felt easier. Sweden felt so much harder. Which is difficulty 8. I guess right. it's just like how the game <laughs> plays out,
1: what cards you right. pull, what, what, spirit you you have, what, have, what spirits you have, what events you have. So definitely yeah. can vary. Oh, yeah. One quick variance thing. is a big factor here.
0: One quick thing. I have, like, this quick diatribe case for foreboding shadows mm-hmm. that I'll just, like, run into. Mm-hmm. But... For Sharp Fangs, it says in their Summary of your Powers, you've talked about this, fear is the top, right? Yep. It's kind of like pretty even. Yep. fear, mm-hmm. I don't think I agree with that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think fear is a nice perk for Fangs. Honestly, I, I would be much more- I think it's offense, dude. Content if control, fear, offense were like- Even? Even. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think offense might be a smidge, at least in our game. With the way I play Fangs, That's offense true. is
1: pretty freaking high. <laughs> All right. Walk with me- On a journey to this awesome game. Stay a while. Stay a while. I'm just
0: going (laughs) to talk about foreboding for a second. Go for it. It gives the second an eight. Yeah. You get range two now. Oh, gosh. Range two away. Other powers Mm. can target a land if Mm. you have enough air. And then fear generated in that land till the end of the turn. It's not just in the fast. It just says until the end. So slow phase counts too. Mm -hmm. With one moon, if any fear generated, including destruction from building... One moon. One moon. If anyone generates a fear in the land, you get to push it either explorers or towns. Mm-hmm. And then if you have two fire, you get one bonus fear. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then the last tier is just a middle finger. You'll never get it. So
1: don't even. <laughs> don't,
0: don't, don't, <laughs> it never comes up. It's one of those things for shadows where you won't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're shadows player, you're used to that. I think it's like two extra fear. <laughs> yeah. But you won't get it. And what speed is that power, John? It's a fast power. Oh. So good. Wait... Foreboding. Oh. All right. Here's my case for foreboding. Ryan, when you were talking about green as your fun five. Yeah. You like that green makes other spirits like itself. Yeah. Makes it faster growing. Mm-hmm. And we've just talked about this kind of like makes a spirit on a higher level. Oh, yeah. Like ocean turns other spirits into offensive players. Mm-hmm. If they're control. If they're control. Yep. Lightning in general makes people fast like right. them. Shifting memory, people can get majors like them or mm-hmm. get elemental thresholds like them. Mm-hmm. Many minds, you can make other people's presence defensive with Boona swarming bedevilment. mm mm-hmm. Forboding Shadows can turn basically anyone into a controller. Yeah, Through. especially fear users. Out of all the spirits in the game, only two, I think, don't become controllers with Forboding Shadows. Nice. <laughs> Fractured A's and Finder, they don't have powers that do damage or mm-hmm. do fear. And in Fractured's case, you can just find one. Done. That's true. You can just find one. But every other starting character can either do fear, like you said, generate fear. Well,
1: here's the thing Fractured already has control
0: stuff. And, and so Finder, is Finder already has control stuff. So basically, stuff. <laughs> oh, Lightning, right, I can the do damage who here. It
1: can't make controllers, our controllers already.
0: <laughs> I think Foreboding Shadows can make anyone good. Because, hey, we're
1: targeting this land. That's a if good point. Generate any fear here. Yeah. I mean, Ocean generates fear. And how many fear powers are are in the major and minor power decks. <laughs> even if you're not a fear generating spirit. And hey if you kill something, hey fear. Yeah so. lightning's good, thunder <laughs> speaker's good. Right. Alright, one more thing I
0: counted. There's a hundred minor powers. Mm-hmm. 34 of them generate fear. They do something else. Yeah. They like generate fear, push, generate fear, sure. add a strife, sure. remove blight. But basically one in three, when you're pulling a card for foreboding Shadows, you have a control power too. Yeah. Because that
1: fear can then right. push a and town. And that's just with fear. That's just with fear. Right. Not including what other right. effects. Ignoring straight up control cards or damage cards yeah. or any combination of fear. I just side. counted any card that's like one fear,
0: two right. fear. And right. if it's two fear, you get to move a town. Mm-hmm. So that was like my case. I think Forboding, might be the strongest controller in the game. Oh. 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 Hey, coming from you, that's actually a really heavy claim. Forboding can take down cities, crops wither and fade. Yeah. And then can push them because there's fear from right. that card. Yeah. You know, that two fear can then push that town that I just made. It is a
1: functional city movement. Functional city movement. It There can are make... two people that get functional city movements, lore and... Forboding shadows. Or just shadows, but... Or just Forboding shadows, yeah. shadows yes. Forboding sh- even better. <laughs>
0: You can do damage Find Mm. your candle you find a card And River struggles With cities Or at least early game Yeah And for River What I've noticed In my plays You don't generate A whole lot of fear Not really You're just pushing Things around
1: Right Until like Massive flooding Tier 3 Right I was about to say River's secondary focus Is damage But not fear But not fear So the damage Is incredible But still Not having fear Depending on What your team build is I usually like to have At least one fear spirit On the team You need a fear spirit
0: With River Right Yep So what if for both can do fear can do control and oh by the way still has damage from its original innate where you can mm. destroy explorers and if you get it tiered up enough you can do three damage to take down a city right so me i'm just like on this high from our last game maybe probably <laughs> <laughs> but that was like my case for foreboding shadows yeah. i think the potential because mm. like one moon target of lands anyone yeah. generating fear in that land can push
1: sure. that was my case that was your case that was my case for foreboding <laughs> shadows a
0: strong spirit i
1: think so we will continue to make comments on this moving on in the future with life and that is the ridiculous power spike that shadows received with just the foreboding card Mm -hmm. is astronomical and it cannot be ignored foreboding shadows and base shadows are so drastically different (laughs) it's incredible it is insane foreboding shadows went ham in this game. And we'll elaborate we on will. how, but oh my gosh. If you ever thought Shadows was lame, look at foreboding. Oh my gosh. God, That extra innate just really changes up. It seriously changes up because how many of your cards have moon on it? (laughs) (laughs) All of them. (laughs) All of them. And didn't that one effect come in at one moon? One moon.
0: One moon triggers it. (laughs) One moon.
1: So let's go ahead and talk about the game. We had a Terror 3 victory on turn 8. So like I said you gotta win it by turn 8. Or at least try to. About there, yeah. Thereabouts. And we did. Yeah. I myself was on board C. I really like board C for Fangs because I can get into the middle Pretty fast. And generally speaking, it feels as if that helps me. Because Fang starts in a jungle or with a. Yep. Okay. Yep. You can spawn anywhere where there's a beast or in the highest number jungle. Okay. So this means that depending on the board state, mm-hmm. depending where the jungles are, you could be on the coast, in the middle, on the. I feel like jungles are inland. always like at the edge far away. Like yeah, land well, the eight highest number jungle is going to be your most inland land. So land six, seven, eight. Yeah. But with board C, it's more in the middle. So I kind to prefer that. I started on board E, because
0: Shadows also starts in the highest number jungle, but also in land 5, which was a mountain that
1: was touching all of the coast which I liked. Yes, I love that. Just on the sly, I also like board E for lure, but that's neither here. Good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we headed a range where one of my beasts was touching your board. And that was actually incredibly important. Because I don't use (laughs) beasts. Right, because you don't use beasts, but my starting turn was Phenomenal! I was able to take that beast, pull him in because of Prey on the Builders, which allows me to gather a beast. Yes. Stop the build that was happening on that board. Yes. Then I ranging hunted that beast. What? To push him on turn one to yep. the next land. And on turn two, since I had pushed him enough, I pulled him again with ranging hunt and I killed my starting city on turn two. One of the biggest critiques I see about Fangs
0: can't attack buildings. Right. We can't take out cities. Very
1: poorly equipped to take out buildings. I have to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> At least how
0: you play fangs.
1: With how I play fangs and with how aggressive I play fangs. And by the way, everybody, I highly highly encourage you to play Fangs as aggressively as I do. And I'll tell you some of my tips for how I play Fangs. Because when played this way, I really do think that Fangs benefits from this aggressive play style and their power level increases notably because of it. Yeah. But killing my starting city turn two, that was phenomenal. I only have towns now. Yeah. Do you know how great it is as Fangs to have your city dead on turn two? And you're like, okay, what? What's next? All weapons free. Now I can descend upon these schmucks. Oh, it was great. And I was able to do that because I was able to go and grab the beast from your board. Yeah, I was using it. pull him in. And It was so great because I had manipulated that same beast with multiple cards. Quick, pull him in because of prey on the builders. Resolve prey on the builders. Cool. It's done. Beast has done his job. The effect is in play. Then, ranging hunt level one. Move that same beast to another land. He yep. already did his thing. Cool. Next turn. Let's gather that beast, from that one land that I pulled him with. He went from the edge of your board to all the way across the island. island. That bro moved across three, four lands. Like, yoink.
0: I want everyone listening at home to look at Pray the Builders and understand how stopping builds against France is the (laughs) most pivotal thing you can do against them.
1: So, we're gonna get into why (laughs) Fangs was such a wonderful counter. And if you don't have time to finish the entire episode today, let me leave you with this. The fact that Ranging hunt can stop so many builds by you know killing everything in the fast and then pran on the builders also stops the, the other build Bam. There you go. You can stop both builds. One with Ranging Hunt, one with Prey on the Builders. Pack it up. We're done. Episode done. There you go. Let's play sharp fangs. The capability to do both of those is insane. And we are going to elaborate. Don't worry. So, as we've been saying, in this game, Prey on the Builders was clutch. i just think, like, what the MVP was. That was pretty oh big. Oh, my goodness. Honestly. That was pretty big. Game to... saving at times. <laughs> so we were down to low time When it came towns. to Prey on the Builders, Terrifying Chase, or Ranging Hunt, I actually don't know which one was MVP Raging and that's huge. strange because almost always Ranging Hunt is the MVP but Prey on the Builders was so clutch against France being able to stop them because hey you know that whole thing with oh they build and now all of those explorers turn into bad guys oh yeah that'd be a shame if I just no nothing builds no what nothing nothing builds nothing builds nothing and so if you can stop all of those builds from happening throughout the game, it is going to help you immensely. Oh my goodness. I feel like Sharp Fangs is the thinking man's Thunder Speaker. Honestly, yeah. In some ways, less training wheels. Oh. And in some ways, more training wheels. Okay. It's different. I would say it's an alternate thunder speaker I think is how to... I would prefer to say it because yeah. thunder Speaker has the difficulty of, hey, if Dahan dies, so do you. Sure. Not so much with Sharp Fangs. Things. If beasts die, you're like, ah, I'd really prefer they don't die. You and you, and trust me, you do not want them to die. No. But you can spawn more. It's not the end of the world. On the other hand, there are a lot more Dahan to use at game start than beast sure. at game start. So it's going to be harder because you got to get your forces to bear. <laughs> uh, bear. I feel like you have to... <laughs> I know. Angry bears? I know. Oh, come on. No! no.
0: <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> when- <laughs> With Sharp Fangs, I think Thunderspeaker has able to move Dahan a little bit easier with Sharp mm-hmm. Fangs. I feel like you yeah. had to plan out maybe a, one or two turns ahead. Yeah. That's why yeah. I think it's like more of a Ranging thinking...
1: Hunt and... Praying the Builders Pray and the are builders. your beast And if you manipulation, get beast yeah.
0: manipulation cards in the sure, deck. Yeah. But it's kind of cooler in my mind that you have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. But again, at you least, don't lose
1: those beasts yeah, though. Yeah, at least your beasts don't die yeah. unless it's events or Russia. And so. I don't see the complaint. I'm just going to keep talking about Fangs. Go for it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see the
0: complaints that the spirit doesn't scale towards the end of the game. We'll like talk I about... said
1: before, anything that prevents stuff really carries with high potency to high difficulty And
0: who did the most damage in our game near the end Oh easily thanks, thanks. Oh my
1: god! And we'll gosh, talk thanks. about your big turns because you got oh. up
0: high in the damage, oh, but yes. I don't know. I think the complaints are not what so,
1: they are. So in many ways, this was a game worth recording and I would love to have another one of these games streamed I sometimes. wish we would have. Yeah. Because this was just Fangs in my experience at its peak. I have never seen fangs work this good. I mean, everything was clicking. You know when you're playing a game of Spirit Island and you're trying various strategies and some things are like, okay, that's clicking, other things, ah! I kind of wanted this to happen, but turned out it didn't really work out, so I just have to do this instead. I've had finder games like yeah. that, where I'm just like, I have this all planned out, and I'm going to yeah. push this city here, and it's yeah. like, nope, we're going here. Yeah. Everything went according to plan. Everything. And there were times where I had to change my plan. Alright, sure. we're doing this I mean, now, we're doing happens this now. Spirit yeah. Island. and Oh, it felt so satisfying, because it was was just a smooth running machine and we were generating fear we were killing bad guys we were evading so many adversary effects all this happening in the fast phase yeah i want
0: that to be that's going to be big clear yeah
1: so one thing that was really interesting when it comes to playing fangs appropriately correctly playing them well efficiently effectively whatever adjective you want to use of the list of things that pop into my head the top two things come to mind there are two things that come to mind very quickly and one of them makes sense and i'll get into it later that being get beasts out there sounds simple but oh my goodness i cannot overstate how critical it is to get beasts that's your damage out there that's your damage second thing The proper use of terrifying chase is probably what separates the good fangs players from the bad fangs players, or maybe the mediocre ones. Okay. Or the ones who don't understand the spirits. If you tell me that fangs isn't good or you're bad with fangs, no joke, I automatically assume you are either not using terrifying chase ever, (laughs) or you're not using it as effectively as you should. Ryan, there's all these
0: towns and explorers in this blighted land. I can't ranging hunt there. What do I do? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Behold, John, Terrifying Chase does wonderful things for Sharp Fangs and is incredibly pivotal to their kit. So Terrifying Chase is a slow power. It is a range zero. So a land that you are in, in any land, target land can be any, which is great. It says push two of either Explorers Towns, or Dahan. Pretty good. Right off the bat, what's important here is that regardless of how many beasts you have, you can shove people regardless of if you have beasts there or not. You just have to be there. However, you may push another two explorers, Towns, or Dahan per beast in target land. This is
0: where that gets silly. This
1: means that you can get four people that are moving if you have a single beast. Six if you have two. One of
0: the strongest control cards, unique powers in the game.
1: Eight if you have three beasts
0: beasts yeah. one of the strongest you can
1: shove a ton of people river's like i can do wash away and push three things right you are moving explorers yeah you're moving towns Dehan. you're moving to han that is so freaking nice then if you push any invaders to fear oh Great. So great. You need that fear no matter what the game. If you're playing with foreboding and they targeted that land. Oh, hey. That fear can push more things. (laughs) Foreboding for for the win. Foreboding for the win. So terrifying chase is one of the biggest loopholes to getting around your blight restrictions. Preach. Because you can't use ranging hunt in a land with blight in it. But guess what? You can use the second half of ranging hunt that says push a beast. Mm -hmm. Pushing a beast means that they move. Move out of a target land, which means that Ranging Hunt can shove a beast into a blighted land. Uh-huh. Because the target land could still be blight free. Of course. So now beast goes in there In your growth option you go and place your presence where a beast is. Since you just pushed a beast the turn can prior in there with them? now you can do terrifying chase or like you said travel with them now terrifying chase can happen you can shove them all out of there. What a beautiful dance. Now if there's a city in there the city will yet remain but you can still go ahead and kill cities in other ways in your late game. Of Hopefully course. by then you found a blight removing card. I'm still not saying that you can't benefit from a blight removing card because you definitely can, but use terrifying chase. That is your starting hand clutch loophole to getting around the blight restriction. And don't worry, it's so much easier than you think. (laughs) Because when you look at ranging hunt, you are almost always looking at it for how can I stop what's about to happen? Yes. You can gather beast, you can do damage. Cool. Then where am I pushing them? Usually you are either A, pushing them to where you are going to ranging hunt again. Yeah or B, you are pushing them to where you are about to terrifying chase. And even if you don't have a beast in the target land, if you are there, you can still shove two, two, either explorers or a town. Do you know how nice it was to have a land that had my presence, but no bees? And like, oh no, they explored with two explorers because it was clear. Both of them ran away. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that just immediately fixed? And I got two fear for it? Why, yes. <laughs> Why, yes, it was. Or even
0: if it was their <laughs> escalation, they get two explorers
1: plus a bonus town. Oh, by the way, you can push that too if you have oh. beast in that land. Terrifying Chase was a dark horse MVP this game. Yeah. I have never used Terrifying Chase as much as this game. And ironically, I was a bit stressed for energy this game. I actually went top track a little bit more than I usually do because I was constantly using this one more often. I used Terrifying Chase more than I did Two Near the Jungle. Why? Because Terrifying Chase lets me handle two or four invaders.
0: Oh, and guess what France does?
1: They multiply. They have a lot of towns <laughs> yeah. and a lot of explorers. Of explorers. Two near the jungle only gets rid of a single explorer. But Terrifying Chase lets me handle, sure, it doesn't kill them, but lets me handle multiple invaders, whether they be towns or explorers. It was so cool to watch. In the fast,
0: you mm-hmm. had ranging hunts. Yeah. Do something. Like you said, then you would have prey and mm-hmm. the builders, also stop something else. So then they would explore yes. and then in the slow like yep. you said you had nope 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 you nope, would put nope, out nope, all nope, the fires
1: nope, nope. all the fires you were yes. stopping everything prey on the builders noped a build yes terrifying chase noped a build because yes. in the slow phase i shoved two explorers that just showed up but ranging hunt noped a lot whatever was left over basically <laughs> whatever was straggler was you was yeah, Ranging whatever. hunt yeah. was the flex and so i'm gonna get into this a little bit later but i have never pushed as much dahan with terrifying chase as i did in this <sighs> game and it was was incredibly important. But here's one funny thing, y'all. I spammed Beast as much as I possibly could. Oh, that's the norm. Don't get of course, me wrong. Of course. But I needed to because you always need to. My card draw of this game wasn't all that great. I wasn't finding any Beast spawning cards, and I wasn't really finding any defend cards. What was, you were finding what what was all of those? Funny <laughs> is I picked
0: up Domesticate Animals Go Berserk, which know, is a defend I card know. I and I want a Beast that card spawning so bad. card. <laughs>
1: But hey, John, I was grateful that at least one of us had it.
0: And I was using it. It's,
1: yeah. it's like, but John, it's range zero. <laughs>
0: Not with promoting. <laughs> That's range two, wherever I want it to be. One
1: thing that was great, we'll get into this, is every now and then John would add a beast on his board that he defended with. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do a, Kobe, frenzied assault <laughs> and sacrifice yeah. that one beast to do two damage really quick. Pop a town, we need to keep the towns whack-a-mole. Pop like. those towns, yeah. So, And it was great to do that. So, here is one of the key pillars to my aggression fang strategy that I think you all should at least consider. If you don't want to adopt it because you think it's too aggressive, fine. I don't want to violate your preferences. But trust me, you can probably be a little bit more aggressive than you think. What's kind of funny
0: is, yes, this is like a France analysis episode, mm-hmm. but it's kind of turning into like foreboding. I know, things. I
1: know. But hey, that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. we're, just While we're Spirit here. Island. Yep. Yep. The Spirit yep. Island
0: episode. That's right. Buckle
1: up. I had three presents the whole game.
0: Yeah. Three presents. Hang on. So I did make you <laughs> when we were down to our last
1: <laughs> plates Yeah. I was just like, maybe get a fourth one out there. <laughs> Who knows if Tipping Point shows up? Well, you never know. So, my next clarification, John, <laughs> since you interrupted me, anyway. was about to discuss <laughs> that, and that is, usually if I have a really good card that requires me to use Sacred sites, I may go into a fourth or a fifth presence on the board. If I don't, I usually will go with three presents sure. for the entire game. I am converting my own presence into a beast every Every single turn... turn. With the exception of three presents. Yes, you can make it work. It's not that bad. Because guess what you're doing 24-7? Moving beasts. Mm -hmm. Guess what you can do when you move beasts? You can go ahead with them. Honestly, I had at least one presence always on a jungle. Always do that. And I usually would move my other one back into a jungle. So I usually had two on each jungle and one that was just running around doing stuff. Right, because you have a couple cards that need presents on jungle. Near the end of the game, we were getting close to flipping a blight card. Okay. I in, pleaded in that situation. Ryan. I'm like, Ryan, add a fourth. I was like, fine, I'll <laughs> go ahead and add a fourth. And like I said... It was such
0: a good game. I just do not want to lose instantly. No, it's
1: fine. And that's what I usually do. If we're close to flipping, mm-hmm. I usually will put a fourth or fifth in case it's tipping point. That's never happened, but it's always good to prepare because that one time that it does happen, you'll be very sad that you didn't do this contingency. Yeah. Or like I said, if I have sacred site cards that I really want to keep, then sure, I'll of have course. four or five. But what's so incredibly important here is Wait, hang on, time out. I've seen you
0: make sacred sites out of nothing. Because, like you said, you can move beasts along. Yep. I've seen you, like... You can make it work. You can make it work where yep. you didn't have a sacred site to start the turn. Yep. And then you would, like, do ranging hunt and move yep. a <laughs> in presence. You're yep. like, here's a sacred site. Now and it's legal.
1: <laughs> I, so, I think that's cool, too. That's another little yeah. trick that people can learn. Yeah, I, I'm sharing it. all your secrets, sorry. they <laughs> know where it's. That is what this podcast exists for. That's true. So, you've heard me in the past say this, and I'll say it again. Some spirits are sacred sites users more than others. Some really don't care. And some spirits can be, they can make it work. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. For example, mist is another, not really a sacred sight user in some plays because you want to be very spread, but in other strategies you're gathering presence to do a nerving paw because you get defend one per presence. Sure. So in that instance you do become a sacred site user. And with how ridiculously easy it is to move around with mist you can make it work. Another mobile spirit yep. that you can just yep. make yeah Mobile it on spirits the fly. can make it work. Downpour can make it work. Yeah. Finder Starlight can make it work. Finder Finder can make it work Heck, even Serpent can make it work Sure, good point Anyway, but spamming beasts as often as I possibly could So, Teeth Gleam from Darkness is usually your main way of getting beasts out there. But seeing how you have to reclaim it, you're going to get it probably for a while anyway, once every other turn. Converting my own presence into beast is my number one source of beasts. That was your main way. Do it. It's not so bad, y'all. But wait, it says that once you convert them, you can never get your presence back. Who cares? It's fine. (laughs) I understand your reservations if you think that that's really dangerous. It's not so bad. I think maybe people aren't You're used fine. to mobile spirits like that. Like, you sure, can be anywhere you sure. want. The terminology, you can never get that present It's back. scary. <gasps> it's scary. Yeah, yeah. You have 13 presents, okay? You have 11 on your starting yeah. board that you can get You're on your tracks that you can get out there. You're fine. And trust me, once you have the numbers out there, you are going to be so Powerful. grateful that you did. Did this. Why? Because I didn't find any beast spawning cards until like mid game. Yeah you didn't. And so all the beasts I had out there were from teeth gleam from darkness and converting myself. By mid game I had like 9, 10, 11 beasts out there. Just from just constantly, consistently converting myself. Drop a presence in a land with beast, immediately turn that one into a beast. Hey look, another beast. It's not so bad. You can work with just three presents yeah. on the board. It's fine. Sure it may take some getting used to. Maybe a game or two to really get in the flow of it. But trust me, converting your own presence into beast at this drastic extreme means that your ranging hunt isn't doing one or two damage all the time. It's doing three. It's doing seven. It's doing nine. What? It's doing five. It's doing six. That is what it did in this game. That is why when you commit to this strategy, you're like, oh, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Besides, you can even have a presence linger out there. I did this. I had three presents out there they were about to ravage in a land that i was in well looks like i'm going to two presents turn that one into a beast matrix dodge that thing there blight comes in beasts are fine my next turn i place a presence now i'm back to three ryan's patented patented patent patented patented yeah patented patent the like patent. general patent 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 Hadn't. If you want to say the T, <laughs> petentend, yes, you can say it that way. But a lot of English speakers don't say the T, so you can say pet. I'm going to say this. Ryan's trademarked Matrix style. <laughs> <laughs> Leave all that
0: Shortcuts. in Shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> you are married, Delora. <laughs> I see the cheater We're in you. We're going to counterpoint. <laughs>
1: and not say that word. Yes. My patented rule of three, sorry, mm. my trademarked rule of three presents. And Dynamo. then matrix dodge as well. And the matrix dodge. Oh, it's so great. So yeah, I had three presents all game. Sometimes it even got to two because I converted my own dude, One turned into I... a beast, I'm fine. Then next turn, place a present
0: back up to three, baby. One observation I've had, it's just fun to like watch you play things. Mm.
1: When you are destroying that much,
0: you don't really need to worry about
1: blight. No. <laughs> No, when oh, I'm sorry. You kill everyone before doing, they did anything. Kind of reminiscent of wildfire. When you're doing that
0: much damage with all those beasts, yep. you don't need to worry about ranging hunt blight restrictions because there's nothing to <laughs> blight the island. It's all dead.
1: Right. <laughs> right, and the thing is, is this aggressive play style really helps you it's with f- that whole blight restriction. But what about all the blight restrictions? Well, here, if you go with this aggression, guess what? Your ranging hunt does more damage, which means that they never blighted. So that means ranging hunt happens more often and for higher damage. So you can take on on those cities right. that like sharp fangs can't attack cities not true not true so by game's end we had 16 beasts I actually had 18 but I sacrificed you 2 to Frenzied Assault Frenzied Assault
0: so... the innate that's not
1: really there that you don't really look at I until, actually like... really <laughs> dig Frenzied Assault because that allows a beast that already did damage with Ranging Hunt in the fast phase to do 2 additional and get bonus that's fear. true I feel usually, like it doesn't come I... on until yeah, like I usually get Frenzied Assault mid to late yeah mid game yeah mid game and I usually get at level 1 level 1 is very powerful. Yeah. You get an extra two damage for one beast, yeah. which is great because usually you only get one damage per beast. Now, one beast is doing two. I usually don't get level two because we've usually won by them, <laughs> but also because it requires a second fire, which you do not have. You need to, to get, get level two, frenzied assault, you must find another fire card, which is fine, but that will allow you to do three damage, which means that you can exchange one beast for a city. Bam! It's dead. You even get two bonus fear for it. That's four fear for Even if the land is blinded, yeah frenzied assault doesn't care doesn't care it just needs to have the beast there yep frenzied assault is very nice very powerful but it doesn't happen all the time which is okay because ranging hunt is the crutch that you are leaning on that
0: is what sharp fangs is in my opinion
1: i did get guardian serpents halfway through the game and that is a fantastic card because it can be either defend or it can be beast spawning so the unfortunate thing is that in order for it to be a defense card it requires you to have sacred sites which I honestly prefer to have the beast spawning. I could have made it work with defense, but it was easier for me to click in this fast and lose high damage stuff. You were fear. doing more offense. And then with my domesticated animals go berserk, yeah.
0: I was doing the right. defense because I was able to move right. Dahan.
1: I appreciated having the choice. They were the my choice damage. was either defense or Straight offense. offense plus fear. Yeah. And I chose offense plus fear. Because I also could use that fear to mm. move things. I picked up visions
0: of a fiery doom. Oh, perfect!
1: (laughs) Perfect for foreboding shadows. So we're
0: talking about empty land, two explorers show up, then a town if it's the escalation. Mm -hmm. With visions of a fiery doom it's a fast power it generates two fear if you have enough fire right. which foreboding shadows does but the card itself can either push an explorer or a town right so that's nice so you push a town and then you have two fear what right. can i do with those two fears oh
1: hey wait a minute push two more
0: explorers <laughs> it was just like
1: <laughs> you're
0: pushing so many bad guys pushing so much so many bad guys. and then if anyone does play shadows even base shadows mantle of dread if you're playing with a mobile spirit yeah and i can target spirit and they he can move towns and explore. Yes. It was fun to target you. You go into a land. Mantle of Dread it was, was so useful. I don't think I've seen it this valuable. Because I don't think I've ever played Shadows with such a mobile
1: spirit yeah. as Sir yeah. Getting into a spot, shoving bad guys. Power.
0: Multiple bad guys. What that power does, it doesn't target a land, targets a spirit. Right. And they can push
1: from their land and a town and explore. Their land means a land that they have presence in, and I'm moving all over the Ev- place. You were everywhere. Right. Oh,
0: by the way, that card generates fear. So if I target that land, <laughs> with my one moon in the fast right. and we already planned it out
1: I can right. push more things with that two fear. and when the bad guys have so many numbers oh we're pushing we were pushing control was a big factor oh look <laughs> Control, fear, and offense were clutch in this game, like so many of our other games. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think we found our
0: style, John. <laughs> I think so. I'm getting more into fear. You have kind of like opened me up to the fear game. I was yeah. very focused on control early on. Usually fear and control go together like bread and butter. I do like Like it. peanut butter and jelly. It's so great. I wasn't doing as much damage. Like I said, got an early defend card. And then Mm -hmm. with my favorites called do,
1: I would gather into Han and then defend there. So that was really nice. So here's what was really interesting. I told you that I didn't find a whole lot of defend cards. You did not. And it's true. So what this meant was every now and then they would blight on me. But here's what I found. I found Call to Tend. Honestly, this right here, I think saved us the game. I honestly think it did. Yeah. No, dead serious. Call to Tend allows you to manipulate to Han or it allows you to remove a Blight in a land that has Dahan in it. Hmm. I told you about 20 minutes ago that Terrifying Chase was used by me in this game to move Dahan more than I've ever used that card for. Yeah this is why I had call to tend removing blight four times I used it my starting blight and the three times that wow, they blighted on yep. my board so that got the three additional blight on my board so I didn't have defend cards which means that they blighted every now and then but don't worry I sent a dahan in there and call to tend in tandem with terrifying chase yeah allowed me to get a dahan in there and then remove the blight so the dahan they were the ultimate wingman for me the beasts did all the damage yes. and the dahan were removing the roblox go get them buddy go get them fido go get it's them. like they were fixing the land yeah so the beasts and the jaguars can like run get across in there and, yeah. right they cultivated the land so that it was healthy enough for me to just go in
0: and destroy them i think it was also good to just let everyone know we didn't play a perfect game like ryan said we did blight a couple yep. times like even as good as we were doing yep we were low on towns at times right. we blighted it happens yeah. it's a tough adversary right we're not like the ultimate players but no it,
1: Blight comes through Right, and Call to Tend I like that card for the fact that it can go in any land Yeah But it strings attached because it will only remove a Blight if a Dahan is there Luckily, since the second half of the card says either remove a Blight with a Dahan here Or move some Dahan Yeah You can use this card consistently Maybe if you're a character that has Reclaim 1 And move a Dahan one turn And then remove the Blight there on another turn It's not bad But to get it to be really efficient Use another Dahan manipulation card on the same turn to move him there, then remove it. Terrifying chase. Right. So, Call to Tend usually, for me, if I have it by myself, is pretty clunky. Mm. You know? Because but, usually when a land's blighted, the Dahan maybe died. Right. Like, they're not right. there. They're not or there. Or, if it did work out, it was because it accidentally sure. worked out. But, if you have a Dahan manipulation card, Call to Tend it gets so much better. Furthermore, I found Call to Migrate, which mm. is honestly one of the best Dahan manipulation cards in the, in game. the game. In the minor part deck for Gather sure. Gather three Dahan, push three Dahan. This means you can take the same group of Dahan and move them two spaces. What? Because, target the land ahead of them, pull them into that one. There you go. Then, push them out of that one on the other side, so they moved twice. Fantastic card. It allowed me to move my Dahan with Call to Migrate, which yeah. meant that I could go and use Terrifying Chase on more invaders, because I preferred to move invaders with that card seeing how it gave me fear when I did so. So, Call to Migrate, Call to Tend, and Terrifying Chase combined very, very well. Remove four blades. In tandem with your mantle of dread, we were shoving Dahan and bad guys constantly. I think this is the most
0: control we've had in a game.
1: We talked about how we evaded so much of France's adversary effects. This is honestly how. Yeah. With control. With control and the clutch ranging hunt that was killing everything. It worked out very well. So Call to Migrate, once I found it, became my bump set spike for Call to Tend. And then Terrifying Chase was my flex. Whether mm-hmm. I needed it to move Dahan or whether I needed it to move bad guys, it for was building. my flex. I preferred, like I said, to move bad guys for the fear. But I did need to do it at least twice or three times even for moving the Dahan. So one thing that was really great was you got swallowed by the unwary fully actualized <laughs> twice. Two times. Well, we That's s- big. <laughs> No, seriously, I will see Shadows play a game where they never get it. Not even once. My first card
0: I picked up was Gift of Living Energy. And I was mm. only focusing on me for that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so I was gifting myself energy so I was able to go bottom track. Yeah. And go after those plays. Yeah. So I did get to four plays and I mm. was able to, yeah, do three damage. Hey, it's what like- speed is Swallowed by the Unwary? It's fast.
1: Oh, hey, it's fast.
0: First, gather and explore in the yeah. fast. Then destroy two. Two fear. Yes. Then do three Damage, one
1: fear per invader you destroy. It's fear, it's shoving, it's damage. It it's can take, all 3 It can take on damage. cities. Yeah. Magnifique. Yeah.
0: And, and then I do go for a major. I got Unleash a Torrent of Self-Owned Essence.
1: Yes. It's a cheap card. It has... Uh, oh, well. Asterisk on the word cheap there. Because it can be really pricey depending on how much money <laughs> you throw at it. I did have it thresholded. So, yeah, I was able to use that money and do damage with it. I like to think of this as the Iron Man card. Because you're doing a Iron Man <laughs> copyright infringement Unabeam attack from your chest but it's also a lot better if you're freaking rich yeah. like Tony Stark so.
0: <laughs> <It is laughs> Hence, of the, Tony Stark the Iron card. Man card I always feel like this happens where you're like I got no cards and John's just
1: like nice another, nice. another I one. know I know I couldn't find anything but I was able to basically dominate France with my starting hand you were that is where Sharp Fang shines for me mm. and I
0: don't see them as a low tier spirit in the slightest right
1: and the thing that made me amazing was the cards <laughs> who would have thought <laughs> albeit Guardian Serpents but so that was like mid to late game that I got it.
0: I think picking up a Blight manipulation removal card is so clutch for Sharp Fangs.
1: Getting a Dahan manipulation Blight removal card yes. combo so, so was clutch. just so clutch. Now, one thing that really was beneficial was actually the events for Shadows. It wasn't really great for Fangs, which is fine. When we played against Russia, we had all of the Beast events. And yeah, it was it insane. Felt like everyone... Because you were many minds. You're like, look at all this free damage. <laughs> I'm so destructive. (laughs) I know. Here, though, we only got one. Yeah. We only got one. It was nice. And it was on turn two. It killed a lot of explorers. I will take it. Yeah. It was awesome. But we had a single, and I mean a single, beast-using event. But we had a lot of Dahan events. We had multiple coming-of-ages, mm-hmm. which adds Dahan yeah. under certain varying effects. Or effects, whatever right. like you need on the board, we were able to add right. Dahan. And twice, we were able to do the one where they dance in a land that you are in, and you get energy if you have enough Dahan in your lands, which
0: was... We did. I've never felt so rich as Shadows. (laughs) This helped Shadows so much. Qualifier. I wouldn't say rich. It felt playable.
1: <laughs> I was able to play my cards. I won't say rich. <laughs> what helped you wasn't necessarily the energy as much as just additional Dahan out there. Why? Because you were able to outnumber bad guys. Wait a minute, favor. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> because Shadows has a card called Favors, Favors
0: called due. due. Slow power, but gather up to four. Whoa, mm-hmm. that's a lot. That's a lot. If invaders are present and Dahan now outnumber them, three fear
1: fear. That's a lot of fear in a two-player game. That's a lot of fear. And remember the cheese that John was doing with (laughs) Foreboding's effect and with Swallowed by the Unwary's effect. What I would sometimes do, Ryan, I would play... Oh, and Mantle of Dread's effect. I would play Favors and Crops
0: Wither and Fade. (laughs) Oh,
1: and Crops Wither and Fade's effect. So that's
0: five fear. (laughs) And I downgrade
1: the city into a town so everything's pushed out. So we have extra Jahan coming in with convenient events. Yeah. We are controlling bad guys a lot. We are controlling dehan dahan a lot by the way generating a lot of fear when you have a lot of bad guy control good guy control and extra dahan coming in triggering favors called due was pretty much guaranteed every time i played pretty it. much every time you played it yeah. we had a fear card i think every turn every turn and, and sometimes we even had two yeah
0: near the mid Seriously. to late game too. i think our last turn we had three three it was just yeah. like boom,
1: boom boom so you can see now how every single thing we did was synergistically feeding another thing. Whether it was Crops, Wither, and Fade that downgraded a bad guy who can now be pushed, and then we did Fear in that land, which means that Foreboding allows it to be pushed, into a land that now has a bunch of Dahan so that when I do, Favors Call Do, now Dahan go in there, then they go, outnumber them, bonus Fear, then I take those Dahan, move them around to a land that had Blight, I remove the (laughs) Blight, now Ranging Hunt can go in there, do damage, bam, oh, I killed someone, this is another turn, now that I killed someone it did fear you called mantle of dread on that land it was my land I pushed a guy we repeated the process oh it was a beautiful dance it was a gorgeous dance like I said I really would have preferred hindsight being 2020 I should have like bought a GoPro and recorded this one because this was just it was a freaking textbook
0: it was our best game oh it was fantastic real quick crops wither and fade can yes downgrade cities into towns yeah but early game when we were kind of like short on towns you Mm -hmm. can also just downgrade a town into an explorer. Yep. And it was kind of funny because there were times when John would downgrade a city and like, okay, look, towns. Okay. (laughs) But that's fine.
1: There was one time he told me, don't downgrade that city, downgrade the town in that land. Right. And we left the city there. (laughs) Sometimes we did. Y'all, we prioritized killing towns over everything everything else. There were times when we could have killed cities with Tahan counterattacks, but we chose to kill towns. That's true.
0: We did choose towns. Yeah. It
1: was like, do I kill the town and some explorers or do I kill the city? Kill the town in the explore. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> those turned into real. more towns. For real, seriously. We because didn't... there's a building here. If they explore yeah. in a land with a building, they don't put an extra explore. I'll take it. I'd rather have fewer explorers, and we kill the town. The
0: only time we were worried about cities was on the coast. Right? I think that's the only time we were worried seriously? about cities. Well, obviously until the end game, when we are right. like, we just got to get right. cities to win the game.
1: We did have a fun little convenient choice event with new species spread. I'm not going to go ahead and get into the nitty-gritty because this episode is getting pretty long already, and we still have a long way to go. But <laughs> it's one of these cards that allows you to pay for a cool effect, but it was aided by moon. And so, John and I were like, (laughs) All four of my cards have it. So, we had six moon cards in play, and I had a moon card in my hand already that I discarded. For more energy. So, it was ridiculously easy. We brought the price down to two energy. Sure. Yep. We were able to do it. a got us a fear per player. And on each board, add a beast to a land with buildings. Oh, hey. <laughs> Why not? That's really useful <laughs> for our current strategy here. Oh, but then offerings of pattern and dance. Each spirit with at least two Dahan amongst all their lands gains an energy. Money, money, money. Yeah, this was one of those really money. good events. <laughs> it was really, really nice. <laughs> Again, I was pretty bottom track. I kept getting energy. I'm like, this is yep. nice. As for slave rebellion, we got got it twice. Yep. We got it at stage one, and we got it at stage three. Stage three helped out way more, definitely. Yeah, oh my goodness. We got it at stage three. Some players don't even get Slave Rebellion at stage three. Some, it was awesome. Sometimes you
0: lose before that.
1: Being able to destroy a town for free, yeah. and then go ahead and put strife on a bad guy, and then each bad guy takes damage, was great for stage three, because when I have a power that does one damage per beast, if there is a wounded invader... Oh, perfect. Love it. <laughs> Game. love it it. it's just like gg you know (laughs) and
0: i had a lot of dahan in my lands so with that strife i took out a city because the dahan did damage yep
1: it was so nice it was so great so i talked about why prey on the builders was so clutch i talked about why terrifying chase was so clutch now it's time to talk about why ranging hunt was so clutch oh my goodness ranging hunt is always clutch but oh my goodness being able to do like i said Seven damage, six damage That one turn where I did nine damage There it is, there's the nine Was insane And here's the thing That's major power type of damage Yes Ranging hunt is the major power that I chase Yeah That is the one that I prioritize That is why I go high card play Minor power spam with fangs Because major powers are great I love them But I want to secure my guaranteed major power And I consider ranging hunt to be a major power Because it is a power that at first First looks unassuming. You get together a beast, do one damage per beast, then push up to two beasts. Okay. Seems fine. Mm. Little skirmish raids. And it definitely can be if you don't have enough beasts out there. But getting beasts out there, it's so simple, but freaking do it. Yeah. Get beasts out there because because then that power gets so strong and then you are funneling bad guys into one land with terrifying chase i was putting all my beasts in one land putting all the bad guys in one land did nine damage cleared them all except for one town that had two health yeah frenzied assault one of my beasts goes away town's dead land clear incredible a ton of fear and so this is so helpful against france because when they go and explore stuff they are adding additional explorers all the time and they're going to have buildings here and there that linger because they have so many towns yep. that happen because of their stupid effect that says, oh, hey, when I build, if there's extra explorers here, they turn into into all the extra ones turn into towns. Well, guess what? Even though they had three explorers, four explorers, three explorers and a town, even in a single turn, it went from clear land to two explorers in a town because of a bad event thing yeah. or other stack escalation, right? Bad escalation things. Guess what? No problem. Okay, I need to do four damage immediately. Eh, I already have two bees there, come spamming them out the walls. You bring two wins, four damage, all dead. All in the fast. All in the fast. That cannot be said enough. I cannot, cannot overestimate how having fast, consistent, high damage. Every single turn from Ranging Hunt was absolutely critical. Mm -hmm. And it is critical to negating France. Because like I said, oh no, they have multiple explorers. That's fine, I'm doing three damage. That's fine, I'm doing five damage. Oh no, they explore into a land I'm in. I already have two beasts in here. How many people showed up? Three. I only need to grab one. There you go. I'll grab one. All right, dude, three damage. That's all I need. All right, other two. Where do you need to go? That way. Go. All dead. Oh no! Completely negated. Completely stopped. This is so incredibly important. And if you are aggressively spamming beasts to a ludicrous degree, and to a degree that I think is actually encourageable and advisable, you will have beasts just milling around doing stuff. Even if you accidentally have beasts that aren't in the appropriate spot that you would like them to be in. Oh hey, look! I have even one beast here. Yeah. But they have you know multiple bad guys that just showed up. Okay. Well, I'll bring in two because I can bring in two. Do Three damage. One explorer remains. I'm okay with that. It's just a single explorer. I didn't need to kill everyone, but I got them down to a point where their damage is negligible. That's okay. We were just explorer hunting. It was incredible
0: because shadows and
1: they can also take down two explorers. Because I was not picking off one explorer. I was picking off two in a town or four explorers. Yeah, or even a city and an explorer. And I was either moving them or also destroying them. So whenever they would build, they're building in two lands, right? Of course. So one land was negated because I ran in there with ranging hunt, kill everything. No one is there. They're all dead. That land is covered. The second land, praying the Builders. Pretty yeah. much done. By the time I got my Reclaim 1, I kept grabbing praying the Builders again and again and again. Or, you know, depending on the turn, if I had enough beasts or if I was doing fine or if that land was already clear from another thing yeah. that you did or we had shoved it with Terrifying Chase, now the land is clear. The one I reclaimed maybe would be Guardian Serpents or it was Terrifying Chase again. So, it was just so incredibly nice that Ranging Hunt and also Terrifying Chase enabled me to have clear lands consistently even with France. It was insane. With all their people because of how many people we were shoving and <laughs> killing. Oh, so great. Oh. But yeah, having Ranging Hunt happening every single turn at that ridiculously high degree. Oh, five damage, 4 damage, 7 damage, 6 damage, that one turn. Oh, nine damage. <laughs> oh, and then Blight removal every single turn from you is critical. Getting that Dahan in there. Because we did Blight. Right. And the thing was is the land was still clear of Blight. I didn't stop the damage that came in. I took the damage. Mm-hmm. I never died because my presence wasn't there, my beasts were fine because beasts don't die when blight enters, and then I had a Dahan remove it anyway. So over the course of a turn, the land's still clear at the end of it, and it's clean because no, I didn't stop the damage, but the Dahan cleaned it up for me. And thankfully, because of the blight rule change, we didn't blight the island because we were down to that one extra bonus blight. We never
0: blighted the land. We had the one extra. Healthy island, baby. We had one left, and that was from that
1: bonus. Yep. Thanks, Eric. Yep, that special build that all the explorers turn into towns happened on my board a single time. That was clinical. Yep, It happened on mine more than that. A single time. I it was, was in the early th- game where it was in a land where I didn't have enough beasts out sure. there to go ahead and stop it.
0: Shadows isn't as destructive as Fangs, clearly, so I was yeah. pushing as much as I could, but sometimes lands would fall through, so I would get like three towns and yep. it'd stink, but eventually you would come in or I'd push yep. them to you and you would eat them all up.
1: One thing that was very beneficial that we did not know going in or even during, I could feel it during, but it wasn't confirmed until the end, was the stage 1, 2, and 3 invader card that was burned. Mm. It's actually kind of ironic because it was mountain, mountain, and mountain wetland. <laughs> So stage one was a mountain. The stage two card was a mountain. The stage three card was the wetland mountain combo. They never went to mountains. So they didn't really care about mountains and that helped us a lot. Why? Because it was a lot easier for me to shuffle beasts to just wetlands, sands, and jungles only. I'm like, they're not going to mountains? Okay. Yeah. So basically- Or that's why I would push them too. Right. For a while, we had safe zones. We didn't know about that because during the game, we didn't know that we had burned mountain, mountain, Mm -hmm. and mountain wetland combo. But we were able to consistently Consistently go, and for me, I didn't have to travel as far because they were, hey, jungles again? Okay. Sands again? Okay, I'll just stay uh, yeah. between these I'm two I'm already lands. in the jungle, Basically, yeah. we had three lands for the majority of the game that we had to worry about. Yep. And that is a really big deal, and it's also random. So, this awesomeness <laughs> that we had, maybe part of it was like a diamond in the rough well, that's... fluke thing, but then again... And, I mean, this game is random inherently. Right. So It's random inherently. You know, we did get Farmer Seek the Dahan for aid. I hate that car, but you we never still get it. the event, event. I shuffle it really good. <laughs> Dang it. I'm telling you, I have bad <laughs> event card luck. Uh, but the thing is, is like you could say, oh, well, that was something that really went in your favor. Well, one thing that didn't go in my favor was not getting defend cards. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> or like beast spawning cards. Right, or, right. Right. We only had a single beast event when there's a lot of them out there. One thing I
0: noticed when we play or our group plays, mm-hmm. someone kind of figures out early, maybe like before anyone else that we've won the game. Yeah. But no one likes to tell them. They just like to be dramatic and actually. Like,
1: <laughs> not me. I'm the person no, who's you, just like, you did oh, it. we got this. <laughs> yeah. You said we got them like how? And you're like, you'll see. <laughs> yeah. <You'll see. laughs> because well, I didn't know I couldn't right. well you said just show me I'm like alright yeah. oh okay
0: that's what because I- you're
1: like are you sure I'm like I guarantee it
0: but that's a, something our group does we're like oh we got yep. this and yep. then we're just like this yep.
1: happens yep. bam, bam. bam. and then the gone. one person who saw it can have the satisfaction of being like and here it is and game set match and in this case it was a frenzied assault at the very end on a wounded city that a Dahan that was liberated from a plantation had oh, hit yeah, yeah. but couldn't finish off and I did a frenzied assault my second one in that game was only level one so it was only two damage but it only had two health anyway so the striped city that was panicked because it lost all of its labor force got eaten up by the fangs that were raiding them all game long I'm it was s- very thematic and I loved I'm it I'm so
0: happy you were able to do that because I honestly think for how good of a game we had right. I think we would have
1: lost in the next build oh we definitely would have we had 20 explorers
0: <laughs> <laughs> we had no wild or isolation explores. they went everywhere yeah so
1: it was very nice that we did that <laughs> and they built installation
0: <laughs> that's the thing about France. You think, like, you're doing yeah. okay, and then all of a sudden,
1: like, yep. rug pulled from under you. You're like, oh, I just lost. <laughs> right. But, yet yeah, turn eight, we still had comfortably more turns out there. At least four additional turns out there. I just don't know if I want more turns against France. No. This game felt easier than Sweden. It really did. Now, I know that's because I we like were more... Yeah, our picks here were a bit more counterpick than it was against Sweden. Sweden, we weren't counterpick, although some people consider Finder to be a slight counterpick. But Mist certainly isn't. No. Against Sweden, and that game was hard. Still won, but it was hard. This one, oh my goodness, this felt so, so much more efficient, so much smoother, so much easier. I mean, we told you about just the interlocking strategies with the fear gain. Yeah. The fear gain from multiple cards and this thing, and fear gain from bad guys dying, but being able to push because of fear. We had control, getting to Han where we needed to go, getting beasts to where we needed to go, getting bad guys away from where they needed to go, getting bad guys into a certain land where Dahan now outnumbered them to get more fear. favors called due to trigger. But then we also had really High damage in clutch lands, and I was able to go ahead on the turn prior, remove a blight from a land that or- I really wanted to hit hard. Because guess what? That land that I did my nine damage attack on in the fast phase was a land that was blighted. But yes. the turn prior, I shoved it to Han in there, boop, get rid of the blight, and now weapons free, have Adam kill him great game
0: <laughs> as we look back as we're like 50,000 view up as we like look at France and look yeah. at like what is like a huge takeaway from tackling like France for like the listener at home yes. they're like this yep. sounds awesome
1: I yep. want to play France what do you say for them to like focus on against France fast control fast damage okay honestly because one of the reasons why Starlight is so famous for their really good control capabilities isn't because of how much they can control it's when oh, it's yeah, yeah. fast yeah, fast I mean, control I mean, Aerinates they. Have. Oh yes, and in tandem with their fire, which allows them to do damage, and the fact that they have a growth option that does damage before the turn even starts, so you can go ahead and kill somebody yeah. before their turn even starts. Very reminiscent of wildfire doing something very similar in the to fast. that. Yes. Oh my goodness, doing fast damage on a land that has you know three explorers in a town. <laughs> That's four invaders all dead, and it was easy. Yeah. It was an afterthought to kill four invaders like that. So you want to be a quick spirit, right? Three explorers, yeah. one town. That's five damage. Some people might look at ranging hunt and be like, "But ranging hunt is a power that does like eh, two to three. Not if you're aggressive with your yeah. beast placement and you have five, six, four, three, seven, nine. What you always had in your back pocket too was praying the builders, praying the builders, stopping yep. builds, stopping the builds, prevention of builds was great. It really nips that stupid everyone turns into a town yep. thing right in the bud. Peek behind the curtain. We always
0: talk before our game of like who we're gonna play, and we go. Back back and forth, and like, maybe this, maybe this. And I brought up Starlight, but you had a good thought where you're like, yes, Starlight can be very good at control Mm -hmm. if you
1: get air cards? <laughs> right, right, Or if you like if you make that build. <laughs> you get the good build for it. Yeah, yeah. You, that's
0: the thing about Starlight. Sometimes you don't know right. what you're going to get. And, you're like, and
1: if you don't get those elements, you can force yourself to get those elements with your track. But, but the problem time. is, is that A, takes time, and B, you are losing out on potentially triggering three or four innates per turn, and you lock yourself down to getting consistently one or two. Yeah. And if you were really it. lucky, maybe a third or four. So, it's not as consistent, and I wanted someone that did get a lot of that Especially against a level six adversary. Right, and Forboding Shadows and Fangs was a surprisingly strong pair. I
0: didn't think they would be this good together. It was so good. Oh my
1: goodness. I'm not sure which pair I want to take on adversaries with now. Fangs <laughs> Forboding or Wildfire Green?
0: Wildfire Green, but that is like the peanut butter jelly, know. you
1: know? I know, and we have another pair now, Finder Mist. <laughs> That's true. That Well, yeah, you that know. was an unlikely pair. <laughs> it's like the odd couple that somehow works. Right, worked. right, <laughs> right. What a game. What a great Seriously. game. I yeah. raise my snapple to thee, good sir. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. I liked how we kind
0: of broke down the spirits because these are sometimes afterthought spirits. Yeah. Or they're not nope. thought of like control, yep.
1: river. Do not ignore Damaged foreboding shadows. speaker. You yeah. know, these oh, yeah. are not like oh, yeah. the spirits people think of first. Keepers famous, volcanoes famous, yeah. lures famous, rivers famous.
0: Yeah, look at things again. Look at yep. shadows with an
1: aspect, yes. even amorphous. Oh, yeah.
0: Some type of aspect yep. or just fangs in general.
1: Yep. And I'm a fan of amorphous as well. Yeah. I love amorphous for the ability to constantly not worry about my card's legalities happening. Because yeah. it's pretty much all the time. Oh, range zero. Let me scoot in there really quick. There you go. Done. (laughs) Yeah, I liked that we didn't pick the biggest baddies. Right. Kind of the
0: second time we've done that.
1: Y'all try the aggressive beast placement strategy with Fangs. Just try Sharp Fangs again. Seriously. Honestly. If you, in your heart of hearts, actually want Fangs to be stronger than they are, and you feel as if they need a buff, play them as aggressively here. Stay with three presence on the board and spam Beast with your growth option, converting your own presence into Beast every single freaking turn. I don't think Fangs needs a buff. I don't think so. Seriously, I... starting hand challenge, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. And they are so strong when you have more beasts out there. And adaptable. Like,
0: you've gone bottom track before. You've done hybrid. Yep. You can do a major power focus sharp yep. Fangs and go, like, a lot of top yep. track. Because you start with two cards. Yep. And you can still do range of hunt. You have elements on the top track. Like, there's yep. so many different builds.
1: Yep. And I want to be friendly. And this is all about happy discussion. Of course. But if you are someone who complains that Fangs needs some random luck to happen, I Will challenge you, listener, Mm. to use terrifying chase more and to put more beasts out there. Do that, and then come back to me. Because once you have enough beasts out there, your ranging hunt isn't nipping at the heels anymore. Right. You're killing cities on turn two. You are going and causing a ton of fear with teeth gleam from darkness or from terrifying chase. Yeah. Use terrifying (laughs) chase. Do it. Do it. Yes, you can. Just do it. Do it! (laughs) Two Near the Jungle is fantastic for normal games. Here wasn't as useful because killing one explorer was nice, but it wasn't nearly as good as Terrifying Chase.
0: I would say, yeah, obviously Fangs is incredible, and just keep an eye on those builds with France. Yeah, prey on the Builders is so good. Yeah, keep an eye on those builds. Either kill them before they build or negate the build somehow.
1: Yep, and for really fun, awesome plays, when you are using prey on the Builders to gather a beast into a spot, Then you can go ahead and use Ranging Hunt to move that beast somewhere else. Sure. So use that in tandem to move one beast three spaces, perhaps, instead of just multiple beasts once. Yeah. Connect those dots. Because
0: Ranging Hunt, you can only gather one beast into it, but like with Prey and the Builders, you can get another one. And you can kind of like stack beasts into Mm -hmm. one land
1: and then do damage Mm -hmm. there. Half of your movement of beasts will be spawning them. Yes. Your other half of beasts is the actual shuffling them around. Yeah. So... What this means is I usually like to have, depending on the board, of course, one beast on pretty much every land on my board. Then, when I'm moving them around, that is where all the extra comes in. So, I at least have a base to work with. Remember how I was talking about having a few beasts just milling around? Of course. In a spot? Yes. Yeah. If they're milling around, that is how they got to milling around. Because you were just spitting them everywhere. Of course, if you have problem lands like I did, one of the reasons why we never really had problems on coastal cities being built was because I had them milling about on the coast. Yeah. Because I was like, well the bad guys have bonuses when they build on the coast and we could get a coastal land car and there it is. So
0: it was Feeling it always nice comes up. I never get it shuffled out. Yep. I feel like that never happens I
1: actually me. do. Maybe one
0: of our games obviously it doesn't happen a lot the chances are low yep. I just feel like I always get that coast. I mean it's
1: one in five chance uh, no. that you're not gonna get it. But the thing is is that nine attack that I did that was a coast. Yeah. That was a coastal land because I had shoved everyone else in there. I can still picture it That sands. And one thing that was great is I was able to keep my board handle with all of my beast manipulations and moving mm. I didn't need to use my beast spawning as much to clear my board elsewhere So for that one problem land on the coast that I was shoving bad guys into That was where I was adding my beast every yeah. turn, every turn, every turn I was moving them on the sure. inland lands, shuffling them around and stuff But I kept spawning them on the coast even though that land was blighted And I couldn't do anything there so At first <laughs> Right, at the time, because I'm going to get there later. I was building up to that attack for a while. It takes time, but it is cool to do nine damage somewhere. One thing that was great is one time John shoved some bad guys onto a mountain. Yes. And I was like, hey, because that mountain was, you know, on my board. But then the event spawned a beast. And then I was like, you know what? Frenzied assault, sacrifice that beast, kill the town, bam, done. I'm a pusher. I mean, that's what foreboding is. I got to move things around. It was really good stuff. So I hope that you didn't mind that we went a little bit longer, a little bit extra on this episode. We kind of really broke down both spirits. Right. And yeah, this turned into kind of like fangs and foreboding (laughs) shadows. But like you said, how they interacted with France is a big deal in our France episode. Yeah. Because that is how, precisely how We we thwarted and just pimp smacked france into the ground so i think it's salient i think it's relevant so yeah keep it (laughs) right on okay well it is now time to go ahead and clean up this episode get it ship shape ready to go and ready for publication and until then i'm crazy looking forward to seeing all of your comments and the data because we got some interesting numbers to give you yes we do all right we're gonna go ahead and start working on that here in the present and in the future i hope that you all enjoy this one whoa time travel i know peace out peace out Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at the Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at the KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.